True Crime friends, and welcome back to another episode of True Crime and Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. Happy Christmas week, everyone, for those who celebrate. If not, happy holidays to everybody else. I hope you all are enjoying your week so far, and if not, that really sucks. I hope it gets better for you. Like I said, this week is Christmas week. Um, I do celebrate Christmas. So I am basically running around like a crazy person trying to get everything done. I swear I tried to get everything done early this year and for the most part I did, but I didn't account for the time, you know, the times when things come in later. (laughs) So like I still have some gifts that haven't gotten here yet and, you know, I just feel incomplete because I haven't wrapped them yet and I just want to get it all done so I can just relax and enjoy the next couple of days. And hopefully bake some cookies, because I haven't done that either, and I want to. But anyway, this week's case, this is the last episode until our Christmas break is over. So we will be off for two weeks. We will be back with new episodes, uh, Ivory Tower Boiler Room on the 10th, and True Crime and Academia on the 11th of January. So hopefully that'll give you some time to catch up on some episodes that you might not have heard yet. Things like that. So anyway, let's get into this week's case. This week's case is very tragic. Um, It's not like some of the other cases where um, the person was like a serial criminal or their murder was either premeditated or motivated by some previous relationship things like that this one is sheerly an accident and a very tragic accident so with that let's get into it on the night of august 29th 2019 around 9 40 p.m a 21 year old woman named Sally pereira was crossing the street on wellington road in clayton australia She was leaving classes from her last semester at Monash University. Suddenly, a car speeding down the road ran a red light and collided with the young woman, launching her 60 meters, or 197 feet, through the air, according to eyewitnesses. The impact killed Miss Pereira instantly. The driver and his passenger didn't get out of the car, and they didn't call for help. Instead, they sped off. Nisali was born in Sri Lanka, where she lived with her parents until moving to Australia to attend Monash University. There, she studied business and commerce. Now, I couldn't find out much about like her birthday or her parents' names. I was only really able to find out where she was from and that her mother's name is Kamal. But statements made by the family and friends stated that she was a foodie, she was cheerful, intelligent, and involved in every club and social group on campus. One close family friend said, Nisali, my sister as I called her, was an amazing individual. And according to her LinkedIn page, which I'm pretty sure this is her, I mean, based off of everything I've seen on it, it seems highly likely that it's her. But in her about, she writes, 
that she is an optimistic, meticulous, and enthusiastic individual. Having held several leadership positions and being an active participant in team projects, I am a strategic thinker who is confident in problem solving, communication, as well as change and conflict management. I hope to specialize further in the field of consulting through the holistic knowledge sustained through pursuing a behavioral commerce degree. I mean, Nisali, she just sounds like such a wonderful young woman. I mean, she was driven, she was passionate, she was sociable. I mean, by all accounts, it seemed like she was enjoying her life and like, you know, a little bit of the freedoms that she was having now being away at school. And honestly, I mean, I hope that she's pr- or that she was proud of the woman that she had become in her short 20 years because she accomplished a lot and she was accomplishing a lot. And, you know, to be honest, I'm a little envious that she was able to figure out like, you know, or at least it seems that she was able to figure out what she wanted to do on the first shot in college. I just think, you know, that's like extremely lucky just because I don't think a lot that happens for a lot of people I can say from experience it definitely didn't happen for me it took me a couple tries to figure out you know what I wanted to do with my life but I think not only you know is that very lucky for her I think she should also be proud of that because it seems like she had like this amazing work ethic I mean there were also statements that I had read from her teachers saying that she was a great student and even some from her college friends just saying that she was like a hard worker who you know, really committed to doing her best. You know, I it just seemed like she was going places. Like, I could easily see her just climbing the ladder quickly at any place that she worked. She just seemed like she was someone who had that in her. And I think it's really, like, upsetting and disheartening to think that the world lost someone so special like that. And, look, just to clarify, like, I feel that way about all of the victims. Like, in the particular, the ones that I've covered... Because they are all special in their own way. And, you know, their losses are also tragic to the world. But what really upsets me about Nisali's death is that, you know, it was a completely random accident. And which we'll get into more in just a bit. Statements made by close family and friends said that the Pereira family was very close and that her parents adored her. It was also said that they were conflicted at the time about sending her off to Australia to college because, you know, they wanted her to stay close and stay with them and stay safe. But they also wanted her to go and, you know, follow her dreams. The judge on her case actually even said that, you know, she was the center of her parents' world and their lives have been entirely and irrevocably shattered. Which is just so horrible to think. She was their only child, too. So, I mean, (laughs) I can't imagine how her mother Kamal must feel, how her father must feel. Having lost their only child, that's really heartbreaking. And I hope they don't blame themselves. Because personally, I just think it's really important for, like, everyone at some point in their lives to, like, go out and live on their own. Like, especially, like, with roommates or, like, with someone else significant other whatever you know just because I think there's a lot of important life lessons that you can learn through like not only just like living on your own and having to like fully take care of yourself in more ways than you realize (laughs) 
you know, like all of the cleaning that has to be done. Like, I know I didn't really think about it too much. But, you know, so like I just it's important to do that, you know. But I can also understand like, you know, her parents wanting to keep her close, you know, because if they can keep her close and they can keep her safe, essentially. But again, you know, once you get to a certain age, you know, when you become an adult, you know, your parents can't really tell you what to do and they know that they can't. So, you know, I mean, I can understand how conflicting this was. So, you know, it's a shame. But, you know, again, despite her own feelings, you know, or not even just her, but despite their feelings, Kamal and Nisali's father, I mean, they wanted to do what was best for her. And, you know, for her to achieve her dreams, they knew they had to send her to Monash because that's really where she wanted to go. And, you know, the thing is that we need to remember is that, you know, Nisali nor her parents did anything wrong. There were no mistakes that could have been avoided you know, or mistakes that were made that could have caused her death. You know, it was literally an extremely unfortunate accident caused by some extremely irresponsible human beings. And one of the things that I actually found, too, that I thought was interesting was that Nisali had to actually convince her parents that, you know, like, look, Australia is safe. I'm going to be fine there. Which is just like... Drives a freaking knife through your heart, man. Like, because, you know, she convinces them to let her go. She gets to go only to get killed by a hit-and-run driver. It's it's terrible. And, you know, I like I said, I really just hope her parents do not feel like this crazy amount of guilt. Because, I mean, there was nothing anyone could have done. The only person who could have done something was the person that hit her. And again, it's just so sad. Now, let's get into the person whose fault it is. 38-year-old Australian native Shane Cochran was born to alcoholic parents whose names I cannot find. Shane had a tragic childhood. He lived with his father and abusive stepmother until he was 12 years old, which was after his father had died. He was then sent to live with his mother, who was an intravenous drug user. It was stated that Shane was often forced to do his homework in the car outside of the local police station while his mother checked in for bail. She was constantly in and out of jail, and their home was raided more than a dozen times. This left Shane to fend and take care of himself for most of it, which is really sad. At 19, he started a daily drug and alcohol habit in order to cope with the death of his mother, who died in their home. For whatever reason, he felt a lot of guilt for that. Um, I also read that he was home at the time, so I don't know if maybe he feels guilt that he didn't try to help her as quickly or if he couldn't help her as quickly. I'm not sure, but either way, aside from dealing with that, the guilt that he was feeling over his mother's death, Shane was also struggling with PTSD from his abusive childhood. To self-medicate, he drank and used ice or crystal meth and GHB. It was stated he also has a seven-year-old child, but he has no contact with them. It is thought by medical professionals that Shane might have a brain injury due to the abuse that he suffered as a child and the prolonged drug use from afterwards. 
So obviously it's clear that Shane had a really, really hard life and I'm not blaming him for his drug use or the way that his brain has changed because of abuse and addiction. Those things are not in the realm of what he can control. What I do blame him for is his behavior after the fact. Guys, let me tell you about my friend Mandy. She makes some of the most beautiful crocheted goods and decorations I have truly ever seen. The holidays are just around the corner, so you're either going to be looking for that super unique gift or that super special ornament or decoration for your home. Do yourself a favor. Go to Mandy Made It on Facebook and Instagram. That's M-A-N-D-E-E, Made It on Facebook and Instagram, and slide into her DMs. Trust me, you are just going to love everything she has to offer. I already have a few pumpkins from her. I have a really nice crocheted headband that keeps me warm in the winter. And of course, my very, very favorite Coraline doll. So if you're looking for cool decorations, or if you're looking for that super special gift, go to Mandy Made It on Facebook and Instagram to order now. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I mean, let's be honest here. Alcoholics know that they shouldn't drink and drive. Addicts know that they shouldn't use and drive. So, I mean, I understand he did not have the best examples in life because obviously his parents were both users and clearly got in trouble a lot because they were not doing things they should be while under the influence. But that doesn't change the fact that he most likely had some sort of understanding that driving under the influence is wrong. And he was actually high <laughs> at the time of the accident. I'm sorry. Whenever I laugh, it's not because it's like funny. It's just because it's uncomfortable. And it's just like, really? Of course. Like, of course. <sighs> I want to talk about his girlfriend for a second. Now, her name is Lauren Hines. And it seems like she was an addict as well. I couldn't find anything about her past or anything like that. Or even when they got together. But... Again, like I said, sadly, it seems like she was also an addict. So we have this situation where two people are in a car that literally shouldn't be anywhere near a car given their current state. And from my understanding, it doesn't seem like she even tried to stop him from driving. And it seems like she also helped him in the cover up as well. So like I can't say that like she like allowed it. Or that she was, like, okay with it, but, like, she allowed it to happen. Like, she got into that passenger seat knowing that he was high and knowing that he had a horrible driving record. And this driving record includes over 30 court appearances for charges such as careless driving, driving without a license, speeding, drug use, and dangerous driving. So before, like, before this accident even occurred where... Sadly, Nisali Pereira lost her life. 
Shane just had seen, it seems like he's just been a horrible driver to begin with. So, like, he should never have had a license. I mean, he, he was unlicensed at the time of the accident. And he had also been involved with two other hit and runs. Now, I was able to find two specific charges or incidences where um, Shane was charged. In 2013, he had left the scene of a crash while driving an unregistered car. <laughs> and in 2018, he was caught driving under the influence of GHB. And apparently he had just stopped in the middle of the highway. And then in 2019, having already lost his license, he decided he led police on a chase, which he got up to like 200 kilometers per hour, which I want to say is something like 100 miles per hour, which it's just like, what? What? Like, this guy never should have had a license. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I don't know who passed him to drive. But he never should have been driving. And, like, I, I understand that there are some mental issues at play. But mental issue, mental health issues are not excuses for putting people in danger or, you know, I don't know, killing someone. <laughs> like, I feel like in this situation, in Shane's situation, like, I feel like the government should be allowed to take your car. Because, as stated, <laughs> as I literally just said, like, clearly, like, having a license or not does not phase Shane. Because he's still going to drive. So, like, the whole, like, him not having a license, like, that for him, it's just null and void. Because it's like, eh, I'm still going to put people in danger because it, I don't care if I have a license. I'm still going to go out and drive. Which he did. On August 29th, 2019, around 9.40 p.m., Nisali Pereira was crossing Wellington Road on a green crossing light. She was 2.3 meters, or 7.5 feet, away from the other side. Shane Cochran was driving his dark-colored Mazda. From what I've seen on pictures, it looks like it's navy blue, but I can't be certain I haven't seen the exact color or been told what the exact color is. Lauren Hines was sitting in the passenger seat. Shane was driving at an estimated between 95 and 102 kilometers per mile, which in miles per hour is between 95 to 63 or 64 so roughly 60 to 65 miles when he hit her. This launched Nisali 60 kilometers or 197 feet through the air, killing her instantly. An eyewitness said that Nisali had not yet hit the ground when Shane and Lauren sped off, leaving her to die. Mercifully, an ambulance driving by saw Nisali's lifeless body. Paramedics got out and went to her aid, but noted that she had significant head injury and she had no pulse and was not breathing. Police were able to identify Shane Cochran and Lauren Hines through CCTV footage and shared their photos with the media. After five days, officers arrested a sleeping Shane in his home, which was southeast of Melbourne. He had told police, I was just driving along that road, and the next thing I know, I've hit somebody. Like, I didn't even see her one bit. On Tuesday, September 29, 2020, Judge Gaynor sentenced a tearful Shane Cochran to 10 years in prison with the opportunity of parole in eight years. At the time, he had served 355 days in a pre-sentence detention. 
Lauren Hines was charged with aiding and abetting, and her trial was scheduled for March of 2020, but I haven't seen or heard anything about how her case had turned out. So, luckily, Shane is currently in jail, which he should be. And, you know, despite how tragic this case is and how sad and sudden and horrible, thankfully, there was some justice that came of it. You know, I think it's comforting to see when cases like this are being handled appropriately and justice is being served. I do think that maybe his sentence is like a little bit too short. Maybe they could have made it a little bit longer. But, you know, who am I? Who am I to be deciding, you know, what prison sentences should be? But again, I mean, it's just this whole thing is just so, so sad. So sad that we just lost this bright young woman who could have done all these crazy, amazing things for something as stupid as driving as driving intoxicated and speeding. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And with that, my dearies, my true crime friends, please don't drink and drive or don't use drugs and drive. Please stay safe out there. Enjoy your holidays. Don't forget to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok now at True Crime and Academia. Also, don't forget to follow the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. We are at the Ivory Tower Boiler Room on Instagram and the Ivory Boiler Room on Twitter. Again, I hope you guys have a great holiday. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you guys on January 11th. True Crime and Academia is an Ivory Tower Boiler Room podcast. Members of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room team include Andrew Rimby, Executive Director, Mary DePippi, Chief Contributor, and Jaron Usta, Marketing Director. To support the Ivory Tower Boiler Room and its podcasts like True Crime and Academia, click the link at the bottom of the show notes and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, and at True Crime and Academia. A special thank you to Anne-Sophie Anderson, composer and performer of the song Scorpio, which is this podcast's theme song. As always, thank you for listening, and we appreciate your support.